Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Very welcome along to the Big Red Bench. Roy here with you until 7 o'clock. Uh, what a packed show and what a day it's been. Ireland's incredible victory this morning over New Zealand. Heart-stopping stuff. Edge of your seat stuff. It was absolutely incredible. we hear a bit from the Irish team in just a little bit. And we're going to hear from uh, Tom from uh, Rugby Website 3 Red Kings who's going to break everything down for us on a historic day for that Irish team. Also on the show tonight, the best reaction from Gork City's draw with Galway United last night. Again, full of incident, but uh, no goals. And uh, it's as you were at the top of the table. We hear from Colin Healy, John Caulfield, Keane Coleman, and Dylan McGlade a little bit later on. And we're going to go live to Oregon where Rob Heffernan is at the World Athletics Championships. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Delighted you could join us on this uh, glorious Saturday evening here on Leaside. It's been a, a gorgeous day, absolutely fantastic day, and everyone was in great form anyway because of Ireland's victory this morning. We'll be chatting on that game in just a little bit. Before we get to that, we're going to wrap up everything that's been happening today. And Rory McElroy is well in contention on day three of the Open Championship. Dennis Curran has the latest from St Andrews for us. Norway's Victor Hovland sits on top of the leaderboard on 14 under par through 8 holes and he has a two-shot lead over Rory McIlroy he made back-to-back birdies on holes 5 and 6 Cameron Smith has dropped a shot he's also on 12 under par alongside McIlroy Patrick Hantley and Cameron Young are three shots back on 11 under as is Dustin Johnson who has just birdied the ninth hole Shane Larry recorded the unique open feat of back-to-back eagle twos on par 4s holes 9 and 10 and he propelled himself into contention on 9 under but he was very disappointed to play the last 8 holes in 2 over and he's now tied for 14th place on 7 under par after a round of 69 David Carey from Castlenock is 1 under for his round through 15, he's on 6 under par overall and just inside the top 20 but it's Victor Hovland who sets the pace at St Andrews at the 150th Open Championship, I'm Dennis Kerwin Thank you indeed for that, Dennis. Uh, right in Gillegan's Meadle, defender all Ireland senior ladies football title. And this year's decider after beating Donegal in the semi finals. 12 points to 1 7 was how it finished in Croke Park. Ashton O'Reilly was watching it. Full time here in Croke Park. It finished Mead 12 points, Donegal 1 7. And it's Mead who will face Kerry in the all Ireland senior football final. The only goal of the game came in the first half from a Donegal penalty from their captain, Eve McLaughlin, who beat Monica McGurk, hitting it low and hard to the right hand corner. Karen Guthrie came on at half time for Donegal with Mead starting strongest in the second half with three consecutive scores from Vicky Wall, Nivo Sullivan and Emma Duggan. Mead midfielder Moiro Shocknessy picked up a yellow card which saw her sim bin for 10 minutes. Stacey Grimes free-taking has been on point for the Royals and Yvonne Bonner has been instrumental for Donegal all year. She really stepped up and kicked two brilliant scores with the second levelling the game. But with eight minutes left on the clock, Emma Duggan scored a massive score to put Mead one ahead. She quickly followed it up with a free to put the Royals two in front. Biggie Wall picked up a yellow card in the last 10 minutes, but Mead managed to hold on and finish out the game. Emma Duggan, who changed the game for Mead, she picked up the woman of the match. It's the Royals who are back in the All-Ireland final and face Kerry in two weeks' time. It finished Mead, 12 points, Donegal, 1-7. Yeah, and Kerry beating Mayo today 4-10 to 13 points in the first game at headquarters. Waterford are into the All-Ireland Senior Camogie semi-finals. They beat Limerick in the first of the last eight encounters at Semple Stadium. 3-16 to 1-12 is how that finished. Approaching half-time in the uh, second quarter final. Kenny taking on Dublin. 
That's Kilkenny with a healthy lead, 116 to 8 points. That's how it stands there in that game, approaching half time. In football, there are five games down for decision in the Women's National League. Today, Cork City have just kicked off uh, away to Galway. Bohemians are taking on Treaty United. Elsewhere, defending champion Shelburne leaving Piedmont United 1-0 at half time in a Dublin derby today. Into the second half, the UCD bowl with uh, DLRAs playing host to Wexford Youth. That's scoreless. Lager Rovers beating at home this afternoon. Athlone Town coming away from the sports ground with a 2-1 win. Germany looking to make it three wins out of three in the women's Euros tonight. They take on bottom side Finland uh, in Group B. That's at eight. At the same time, Spen taking on Denmark. Now, Bayern Munich said that a verbal agreement has been reached with Barcelona with the sale of their star striker Robert Lewandowski the Poland international who's won the German top flight in each of his eight seasons at the club is expected to move to the Spanish Giants for £42 million he scored 50 goals in 46 games for the Bundesliga side last season in rugby and as we was mentioning at the top of the show Ireland with that stunning series victory over New Zealand winning 32-22 to win the series 2-1 uh, in Wellington today England have made a two series for the Northern Hemisphere side so far anyway beating Australia 21-17 in Sydney Wales taking on South Africa in Cape Town looking to win their series they're training the Springboks 24-14 that game is into the second half and cycling Britain's Grant Thomas remains third in the general classification at the Tour de France but he's lost ground on the riders ahead of him the defending champion Tadej Pogacar and current leader Jonas Vingergo crossing the line together on stage 14 meaning that Thomas is now 2 minutes and 43 seconds off the yellow jersey the stage 1 today by Michael Matthews Alright, we are going to talk rugby. We know we're going to talk to Tom from Three Red Kings in a sec. First, I'm going to hear briefly from a couple of players who are very, very, very good indeed. And I suppose when you talk about heroism, bravery, ferocity, and just being an absolute legend, hashtag war god, you think of Peter O'Mahony, who's in floods of tears just before the final whistle went today. He knew how much this meant to this Irish team. Um, and he led by example today one arm basically could barely move his right arm by the end of the game and he was absolutely incredible to get a series win you know it probably wasn't something you thought about as a young fella but now there will be young fellas at home in Ireland will be you know dreaming of playing for Ireland you know winning winning over here you know what I mean it'll have been done before it won't be it won't be uh, it won't be the task that it was yeah, it certainly won't. And uh, Ireland winning a series down in 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 all black territory is just incredible. It was an incredible achievement and it was an incredible performance. And were absolutely brilliant today. Uh, Ireland captain Johnny Sexton making history as well today. Uh, he crossed the thousand point barrier of international points during the game, and he says it was an honour to skip Ireland today. Well, it means a lot now. Um, I, I know in, in a year's time when the World Cup starts, it won't mean anything as we've learned before. But we'll uh, we'll certainly enjoy tonight um, and maybe a couple more days, and then uh, we got to keep improving. That's what we got to learn from previous years. We got to keep improving. But this group of boys, the management we've got, they're a very special, very special group, and I'm so proud to be part of it. And this is head coach Andy Farrell. After the first game, you know, we got held up over the over the try line five times and made plenty of opportunities in the second game and, and they knew there was a better performance in them and it certainly was for that first 40 wasn't it you know but um, yeah I, I, I think certainly for I mean these guys have won a lot of stuff you know and broke some records um, this one would top it I would have thought 
Alright, we just heard from Andy Farrell there and to, to help us try and make sense of what we saw this morning, our old pal Tom Savage from 3RedKings.com is on the line. Tom, um, simple question, is that Ireland's best ever win? Uh, certainly Ireland's best ever win, best ever result. Uh, you look at Ireland over the last two tests, I, I think that's not, not as good as Ireland have ever played, but when you look at the scale of this win, about what it means about just the history of it, um, that's a serious performance from Ireland now. And you could say, look, the All Blacks aren't at the level that they once were. I, th- I think that's fair enough to say. But to go down and beat them at home is a completely different thing altogether. And you look at the way that Ireland put them away in this game, a, a ropey enough period there during that yellow card. But Ireland, I think, will look back at this and go, 1-2-1, one, one. that was good. We should have won this series 3-0. You look at the way that, that Ireland has thoroughly dominated the All Blacks in the last year. Now, you'd say, look, it won't mean nothing if Ireland don't do it at the World Cup next year. But for now, for today, that's a serious performance and something that no other Northern Hemisphere side can look at and say that they've done win a three-series tour of New Zealand. It really is something very special. You could see how much it meant to all the players afterwards as well. Tom Peter Mahoney was in floods of tears. The players just overcome by emotion and the emotion of the occasion, the emotion of it all. Oh, yeah, look, this is something that Ireland have targeted from a while out this is something that they were talking about something that they were prepping for and to go down there and to, and to do this uh, you know to, to, to get a performance and a result of this scale that that's going to be an emotional moment you know especially when you look at a guy like Peter O'Mahony who had an unbelievable series he's looked like he's packed on a few extra kg it's done him the world of good he looks fit as a fiddle had a great performance he played today with, one, with like practically one arm for mm. most of the game um, unbelievable just his his uh, quality as a player really is a, an underrated guy as much as I rave about him. He really is underrated uh, and, and what a performance. But you could say the same for uh, a half a dozen Irish players. Uh, Ty Byrne, like, I don't think I've ever seen any one player play a game as good in one game. Like, winning turnovers, carrying the ball, line-out steals. This was a, a, an immortal performance from Ty Byrne. Mm. This is something that they look back on in, in, in Irish rugby. Because again, I know people have a bit of a thing about rugby. I won't say this is a massive day for Irish sport, but it's a huge day for Irish rugby. That's something that they'll, that, that, like the likes of Ty uh, Burns' performance here, is something people will look back on in five, ten years and go, that was one of the all time great performances. Yeah, Andy Farrell deserves tremendous credit as well, Tom, for what he's done with this Irish team and how he's transformed them. Look, he had a ropey enough first 18 months, I would say, but he made a, a, a calculated gamble. Uh, in and around the summer of 2021, where he started picking a lot of Leinster guys on mass, and that level of cohesion, and uh, you know, these guys train with each other now at this stage for you know all year, you know, and, and they play with each other all year, and, and and that has really added to what Ireland are doing. Some of the stuff from Ireland today was just incredibly intricate, and like to be able to execute it at such a high level of of clinicality and and, and physicality. That's not something that's very easy to do. Like Ireland are, are, are doubling down on the, the uh, a core of Leinster players, but added in real quality from the other provinces as well. Bundy Aki, Mac Hansen, Peter Romani, Tyg Byrne, and then guys off the bench like Kieran Treadwell, who I thought played very well. Joy Carberry had a good uh, game off the bench. Uh, you had uh, Dan Sheehan, I thought, had a super performance at, at hooker. Rob Herring as well. This was a fantastic performance by the entire squad. And uh, now Ireland are in a great position where they can start adding in a few extras now, given Ireland have won this, uh, this, this summer series. Ireland can go in November and start looking at other younger options as possible 
bolters ahead of that World Cup and even the Six Nations this year this win gives them a bit of breathing space to do just that and that is something that will be very very valuable and like you were saying there about Andy Farrell no other Northern Hemisphere coach has a, a series win in New Zealand on their CV that's yeah. a very very special thing incredible stuff indeed Tom what was your view on the Andrew Porter yellow card did Wayne Barnes get that right or should it have been red no I thought he got that wrong personally uh, I think Ireland were haunted to get away with that one to be mm. honest um, you look at the, the, the I suppose the, the standard that was set last week with regards to you know going into a tackle upright making head to head contact um, that you know th- that was a red card last week for Angus Tavo and Gary Ringrose uh, this was very similar to me I understand what, what Wayne Barnes was saying in that that he kind of soaked the tackle yeah. rather than led in with the head but Roddy Retallick still had to go off the field concussed and that was the end of his game that was a key loss for the All Blacks Ireland struggled in that time while Andrew Porter was, was off the field but like I think that's I'd say 70% of referees give that as a red card so that was certainly a bit of luck for Ireland for me that should have been a red card the Ireland players are obviously going to, to celebrate this and enjoy this but as you mentioned Tom kind of attention already turning to the World Cup and how far Ireland can go and what they can do in the World Cup next year yeah look I, I think Ireland have a few areas where they need to build a bit of depth and add a little bit of quality um, I think the the front five is one where you could look at adding another two props behind uh, Porter and and um, and Furlong who were the number one guys there for me by some distance you're looking at getting in adequate uh, cover for Johnny Sexton, I, even though I thought Joy Carberry had quite a strong game. You look at that and go, look, uh, if you can add quality there and maybe add in a few other options there, like Ireland don't now have to force anything. Like Ireland will play the Springboks in November. Um, Johnny Sexton being, you know, he'll be 38 by the time the first World Cup game uh, is played. And like he is as vital to Ireland now today in 2022 as he was in 2013 or 2014. That is something that is that that that's, that seems like a problem waiting to happen, uh, but if Ireland can start building in reps for the likes of Joy Carberry or you know a, a bolter like a for me Jack Crowley is a guy who I think has a lot of potential in both the the short, medium, and long term, um, then I think Ireland can be get themselves into a position where we haven't really had ahead of any World Cup in years gone by, where we have options, where we don't have to burn out our top guys. Uh, we kind of have to do that for this tour. Uh, but uh, looking ahead to the World Cup, I think Ireland have enough time now to bring in some younger options. And now would they have the space and the credit in the bank to soak a few losses in November or in the Six Nations, if that's what comes to it, to build experience for young guys. I think Craig Casey's a player who I think there's real space for him to come in and, and make a run at, at a starting jersey, never mind coming in on the bench. But Ireland now and, and, and Andy Farrell has all the space and credit in the bank that he needs to actually make, look to try and make that happen. And Tom, where now for the All Blacks and their head coach Ian Foster? A lot of pressure on him following this series defeat. And uh, just judging by Twitter this morning, a lot of people calling for him to go. Yeah, look, he's he's he's, he's have a really bad um, win record with the All Blacks at the moment. I think they've won before this game sixty one percent of their games during this World Cup cycle against other top ten opponents. The, the guys who came before him were all above eighty percent. That is mm. pretty poor by the All Black standards. Um, he's an easy scapegoat to make, though. I, I think there'll be a lot of people clamoring for Scott Robertson uh, to come in and, and, and essentially do a Razzie Erasmus uh, like he did to the Springboks with the All Blacks. Look, I, I don't think the All Blacks will be this bad for this long, but I think they do have an issue at the moment with that they they, they don't have the cattle at the moment. You look at the, I look at their pack, 
and I look at like who would get into the Irish pack right now of the guys who were there. You might say Brody Retallick would have a go. You'd say Ardy Savia would probably start for Ireland. But you look at the other guys, and there's not a lot of top quality there. And 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 until they sort that out, the All Blacks will be on a downward curve. Rugby Union right now is a game dominated by elite forwards. They don't have as many as Ireland. I would argue as England, certainly not the same as as the Springboks or France, and that puts them behind the eight ball. Uh, and so they're there. Uh, and uh, Foster's under big pressure, uh, big pressure right now. But whether he'll just be a convenient scapegoat, it'll remain to be seen. But I think it's an easy change to make to ditch Sam Kane as captain, to ditch Ian Foster. But whether that'll have the results they desire remains to be seen. Because I think that the All Blacks are in for a period of. Not a, not a long period of pain, but looking at how they played today, how average they were, hmm. um, that does not look like the All Blacks that I remember and that I think most people think of when they think of that black jersey. All right, Tom, I'll leave it there. Just before we finish up, tell us what's happening on 3RedKings.com. I'll be covering this game in great, great detail, excruciating detail, you could say, <laughs> uh, on Patreon.com forward slash 3RedKings. Uh, podcasts and basically just going over this game, how Ireland won this series and and put away a side who I think a lot of people, certainly I did, in the middle of the last decade, wondered would we ever beat. Um, so yeah, it's going to be going to be exciting. Tom, as always, a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Thank you very much. The amount that that man knows about rugby is frightening. It's always a pleasure to have Tom Savage from 3RedKings.com on the show. And it was great to talk to him about an historic series win for Ireland today. Incredible stuff uh, down in New Zealand. It was absolutely incredible. What a game. What a performance. That's what we were kind of discussing. They were Ireland down to 14 and they were looking... Uh, a bit ropey for that 10 minutes they were down to 14 it was uh, nervy nervy stuff but the way they responded after that it was just absolutely fantastic and uh, an incredible win for Ireland an incredible series win and now all eyes on next year's World Cup Rory McIlroy is now leading the Open Championship he is now on 15 under par he birdied 9 he he eagled 10 he is now on 15 under par. He shares that with his playing partner, Victor Hovland, and they are too clear of a Cameron Smith. And you go back to 12 under, uh, Scotty Scheffler, Dustin Johnson, Cameron Young are all there, Patrick Cantley. Uh, on 10 under uh, a lot of golfers then a 9 and 8 under and then uh, you go down the line and it's uh, going to be a very very interesting final round tomorrow but can Rory McIlroy see though can he win the Claret Jug for the second time it would be absolutely incredible a lot of golf to go yes a lot of golf to go yes still uh, 26 holes for Rory McIlroy in fact but he is in with a shout here it'll be absolutely fantastic to see him go on and do this cannot wait to watch that final round tomorrow and fingers crossed Rory McIlroy right in contention for the rest of the weekend now we're going to turn our attentions uh, to football and an incredible occasion last night at Turners Cross 6,000 393 people in attendance as Cork City played out a scoreless draw with Galway United in the top of the table clash. So it's as you are at the top city of Point Clear with a game in hand. It was an interesting game. Galway United started the better of the teams. Very, very bright. Um, very, very intense uh, right in City's faces as we expected. Um, a team managed by John Caulfield coming to turn his cross would be. And uh, they certainly uh, created the better chances, played the better football in the opening 15 minutes. Cork City couldn't get out of their own half. The intensity of the high press of Galway was something else. And then Ed McCarthy got sent off. Um, I thought it was the most blatant of red cards I've ever seen in my entire life um, they're up um, in, in city territory Kim Bargary breaks 
uh, and he's sprinting down the touchline. He's being chased by Ed, Car- Ed McCarthy, former Cork City man himself, of course. And Bargray gets pa- is still ahead of him and he's running down the touchline. He's over in front of the dugouts um, on the far side and um, he... It's hard to explain. He basically kicked the legs out from Kian Bargray when Kian Bargray was running at full pelt. Um, there was no need for it. There was two of the Galway United centre halves there as cover. Bargray was on the halfway line. He didn't have much support and it didn't look like he was going anywhere. There was no real need for Ed McCarthy to do that. But however, he swung his leg out um, from behind, uh, kicked the legs out from uh, Kian Bargray, and uh, the referee Sean Grant showed a red card. I thought it was. A textbook red card um, I've since seen a lot of people claim that it was a yellow card and there were two defenders covering and there were two defenders covering that's not the issue the issue is the act of kicking out uh, at a player who had beaten him um, it wasn't a trip if he pulled the jersey back he would have gotten a yellow card um, If it wasn't a trip it was a kick therefore that's a red card I'm, I can't understand why people are trying to tell me that was a yellow card offence. It wasn't. It was a red card offence all day. And he got his marching orders and rightly so. After that, though, I have to give massive credit to Galway United who were so well organised, so disciplined in defence. And in the middle of the park, um, Conor McCormack was just running the show for Galway United. He was everywhere. Uh, himself and David Hurley, the former co-ramblers man in the middle of the park, were brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, they did very, very well. Not a great night for City on the injuries fronts. David Harrington picked up an injury. Um, he was replaced by Jimmy Corcoran. Harrington went in um, down bravely at the feet of Rob Manley to, to when Manley was in behind the City defence. And uh, he uh, saved that. He was uncomfortable. He, the, he, the physio on a couple of times for treatment. Looked like a thigh injury. And then he went up to cl- claim a ball uh, from across. Um, went down straight away and knew he had to be substituted that was the end of that Ali Gilchrist went off in kind of a a very strange situation Manu Dimas um, the Galway player um, kind of just weirdly launched himself at um, Ali Gilchrist uh, and then went down holding his face Um, Ali Gilchrist went down awkwardly uh, and had to go off with a hamstring injury which is a shame because um, the big Scotsman was just back from injury and uh, he was being so good for City up until his injury now he looks like he's facing another spell on the sidelines for that weird, weird moment Manu Dimas it was an odd one Um, but yeah, look, City huffed and puffed they just couldn't get the goal um, that the occasion deserved because as I said 6,393 people there uh, which is a record for a first division game there aren't going to be many Premier Division games to get more than that this season it was absolutely fantastic and just showed you the potential that Cork City FC has and it was just a brilliant occasion I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it despite the fact that City didn't get the win we didn't get the goal but um, it was brilliant absolutely brilliant great night great entertainment and I quite enjoyed the game even though City didn't get the win but look that's it it's City's it's still advantage City um, point clearing the game at hand so it's in their own hands um, so it's going to be a very very interesting run in and uh, yeah it's going to be neck and neck between City and Galway all the way down to the end of the season we're going to hear from both managers now I spoke to John Caulfield first though Colm spoke to City boss Colin Healy yeah no it was it was um, we didn't start great um, I thought we were poor in probably the first 10-15 minutes and we didn't look ourselves and Galway were on top they were 
Um, and then obviously Eddie getting sent off probably changed the game a small bit but I still didn't think you know we, we, we should have you know I think it's points points lost more than anything you know it's um, thought we weren't we could have been better in possession we could have been I know we had a few chances in the second half but still think that we could have um, we could have walked the ball a small bit better in, in certain areas to go and create goal scoring opportunities Do you think you didn't take enough advantage of the fact they were down to 10 men in the first half? Yeah, absolutely. I think so, and I didn't think that we kept the ball as well, and we, we didn't we, we didn't play as well as 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 we could have. Um, I don't know what the reason was for that, but it's um, listen, we didn't get beaten, um, so that's important as well. But it's 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 frustrating to, as I said, they were down to ten men earlier on, and we didn't we didn't make the most of that. Still, nonetheless, still top of the league, still have a game in hand, still in a very good position. It is, yeah, but it's it's just that, like, as a team and for the players that we have, is that you know. We should be doing better. We should do, and the players know that in the dressing room. We should be doing better. And don't get me wrong, Galway defensively are very, very good, but we need to look after the ball better. Um, for the players that we have and the quality we have, we need to be doing better. And and it's, that's the frustrating part of it tonight. You got hammered by injuries in the first half as well. I mean, you had to make a whole lot of substitutions. You had Ali Gilchrist going off, David Harrington, and um, who was the third again? Josh Owen. That's right. No, we we had to make the change because it says, listen, we 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 wanted obviously we wanted to make changes as well in the, in the second half. So we had to do we had to do that. As I said, we only to three changes. So you know, so we we. We, we have to do it there so that's what we did we made two we made obviously with Ali coming off and um, we brought our master and then when Harry went down we had to make two because you'd only be caught them for one in the, se- in, in the second half so that's what that's what we did we were just sometimes you just got to do that and it's like as I said Josh did nothing wrong and all that kind of stuff so we just had to make changes and that's the way it was uh, Any update on the injuries to Ali obviously Ali was just back tonight and to Harry as well Yeah no Ali, Ali think, I think it's his hamstring something similar to what he did at Longford um, with Harry Harry with his knee he, um, he had a bit of trouble with during that's why he probably missed the Stoke game but listen we'll see what he's like tomorrow um, but listen Jimmy came in Jimmy was fantastic and Jimmy, Jimmy's a very very good keeper so um, we're lucky to have a, a, a keeper like Jimmy you know behind behind Harry like so um, you know, we'll see what he's like tomorrow Obviously the crowd amazing tonight I mean we were talking during the week we were expecting a big crowd it was probably even slightly bigger than we expected nearly six and a half thousand I mean that's phenomenal No, It's brilliant it's brilliant and it's just um, it's just a shame that we couldn't give him the three points do you know what it is and you know it's, and that's what we wanted to give to him it's, it's, um, it's brilliant it's it's uh, it's great to see them all come out to support to support the team to support the city and it's uh, it's fantastic and when they get behind the team and they have done all season and um, you know we appreciate it and it's it's a credit to them to, to come out and support the team and, and that's what we want and you know we want that till the end of the season. But it's even more amazing getting that crowd in the first division, I suppose, isn't it? But we're Cork City. No, we are like, and we're we're a big club, and we'll always be a big club, and it's it's great to get the supporters out to you know to, to support the team, and I mean, you mean when you have fans like that and a big crowd like that, you know it's um the players the players and ourselves and um, we appreciate it. I suppose now you just have to just keep going out and keep getting the points and keep racking them up because it is so close. Oh, it's, it's so close. It's so as I said. Listen, it's 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 um it's um we've got another probably is it eleven games. Is it eleven games? So there's a there's a long way to go yet. But listen, we focus on ourselves and make sure that we do we do a job. Just unfortunately, it wasn't to be tonight. Yes, Colin, he there speaking to Colin. What a great answer that was. Where Cork City were a big club. Fantastic stuff. It was a great night. Six thousand three hundred ninety-three people there. Um, and as Colin mentioned, just a shame that uh, they couldn't get the three points and, and score the the goal. That, uh, that would have torn the roof off every stand in the place but look it is what it is City's still a point clear with the game in hand and still flying it's going to be a brilliant running to the end of the season uh, afterwards I spoke to City boss John Caulfield we picked a very ex- attacking team we felt we had to come down and uh, not sit back um, obviously I know the crowd and the atmosphere that was going to be here was going to be electric so 
some teams can come down here and try and sit in and we just felt all week we needed to come and attack and we picked that attacking team and I thought we started the game really well I think early on Ali Gilchrist made an unbelievable block for only a couple of minutes um, Rob Manning nearly scored Harrington Dave made a great save and we certainly thought the second instance in the box was a penalty looking on the, the TV so we were in a good position and then um, don't know what it is we've had four sending offs in two years we've had three here and uh, um, you know McCarthy McGlade, he's, he's, he trips McLeod when he's got away he pulls at him certainly he, he wasn't last man fourth official says it's a yellow card Lysma says it's a yellow card referee gives a red and it changed the whole game and it was a cracking game the crowd were you know I, I know it favoured City then but it just changed the whole game where we have to sit back and we have try and play the counter attack and uh, but um, um, we still created a chance in the second half Finnerty had a header that Corkin did very well with the save and uh, um, it probably ruined the game since 11 v 11 was, was real you could see the, the way the type of the game was was high energy high pace and um, both teams going for it and, but at the end of the day you know the lads the Galway lads were outstanding defended really well and um, we certainly well deserved a point but we're frustrated because we came to win the match yeah, look, I think we were all frustrated with those key, the two key decisions that didn't seem to go our way in the first half. But despite that, they fought like warriors to the very end. Yeah, but I suppose I'd expect that. You know what I mean? Um, I'd be lucky to be with you know, a great club here. I'm in Galway nearly two years, and uh, the basics of any game is to walk hard and get people to you know, play for the jersey and, uh, you know, Galway United have been nine years in Division 1 out of 11. Um, their last success was 1991. So you're going into a city to try and hopefully develop the club and bring them on and there's been a lot of work done in 12 months and we have, it's just unfortunate city are in the first division with Bordford. Um, but look, that's the way it is and, um, you know, they, they, a lot of people maybe felt that tonight the league would have been over if City won it. Maybe so, but I didn't feel that way because I still think there's a lot of playing to do. And um, we have to play each other again. Waterford still, we have to play Waterford, Lamford, we have to play everyone. So I still feel that um, there's a lot of playing to do and um, there isn't much between the teams. But certainly, um, you know, both teams want to go up automatically and there's no doubt about that. City so point here with a game in hand, a point ahead with a game in hand. So they're obviously still the favourites, John. Yeah, I suppose where you look at, you know, personally for me, it's terrible to see them in the first division. You know, um, I've been here at the club since '86, '84. Club was formed; they were never ever in the first division ever, even though there was dark days in '90, in the night, sometimes in the '90s, until we were went into administration and we came up then. Um, so it was, it was, um, and certainly um, when I went to Galway, I never saw that happening. Mm. You know, I thought, you know, and then you're playing, you know, coming to a place that you have spent all your life with. So you know, from that point of view. But look at, you know, I, I, I thankful for the opportunity that Galway gave me to get back into football because I, I love it and passionate about it. And to be fair to, um, to, uh, to the Galway people and club, they've treated me very well and. Um, and um, you know I'm doing my best, and the lads are doing their best, and uh, you know we're um, 
we're a decent team but it is it is a tight league and obviously you've been back a couple of times since but still a great reaction for you here well I, <laughs> look at I suppose there'll always be one or two people that would, would slag me but at the same time you know I have a fantastic rapport you know why would you know at the end of the day I didn't leave it my own choice and um you know, I suppose um, it's been the only cl- it's, it's the only club I've been, the only club I've been with, and um, um, until God asked me to go there, so um, and I never saw myself being anywhere else. But I must have been um, I was lucky with the opportunity that, that God would give me, and um, I'm doing my best, and uh, we're working hard as a club, and um, there'll be good days for Galway United, you know. So um, whether it'll be this season, we don't know, but we certainly hope so. And the return fixture back up in Galway is going to be absolutely huge. Yeah, it, it it should be Rory, but there's a lot of games we played before then. Um, we go that low next week. Um, has proved a very difficult venue for us for the last couple of years. <laughs> so um, you know, we you know we change the surface. So we have to prepare for that this week. So it's a different type of game, and they're bottom, and everyone thinks it's an easy three points. And in this league, there's no easy games, and you have to be honest. And uh, but look, at the good thing is, you know, we go up the road and. We get back in Sunday. We prepare for next Friday night, and uh, you know, isn't it great to be in football? And it's great to be meeting people, and <laughs> great to be coming out to big crowds. And isn't it, isn't what, isn't, record crowd. That's what the League of Ireland is about. That's what you love about it. And uh, if we just the TV coverage, and you know, mm. a bit more investment, you know, we, we, you know, that that's what we need. And uh, I'm always the optimist and the, the dreamer, hoping that mm. those days will come. And uh, let, 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 let's let's see that hopefully they will yeah it was great to talk to John Caulfield last night uh, after the game you can see the, the, the passion and enthusiasm, enthusiasm that he has for the game happy God I didn't get all three points last night obviously um, shame City couldn't get all three but luck still in City's own hands and still a long way to go as Colin Hill was saying 11 games left but it's it's got to be a massively interesting run into the rest of the season and can City get automatic promotion it would be absolutely fantastic if they could alright still to come on the show we are going to hear more from that City game actually we're going to hear from our City captain Keen Coleman we're going to hear from Dylan McGlade as well we're going to talk to uh, Cork under 16 ladies football boss Dominic Gallagher after the uh, disappointment of losing the All-Ireland final to Dublin midweek after an epic uh, extra time clash uh, and up next hopefully fingers crossed Rob Heffernan will be joining us live from Oregon The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM You're listening to The Bench Roy here with you on till 7 Rory McElroy and his playing partner Victor Hovland have both paired the uh, par 3 11th so as you were at the top of the Open Championship leaderboard they're both on 15 under par Cameron Young Cameron Smith well in pursuit of 13 under par and a lot of golfers still in with a shout as well you got the likes of Dustin Johnson Scotty Scheffler Patrick Cantlay Tommy Fleetwood Matt Fitzpatrick fresh from his first major win and still in and around there so it's set up for a massively exciting Sunday still a bit of golf to go so far this evening but it's set up for a very very eventful final round cannot wait for that tomorrow alright still to come on the show we are going to uh, get more from that City game as I mentioned going to hear from Matt Dylan McGlade and from uh, City skipper Kean Coma. but now we are going to talk athletics and the World Championships taking place in Oregon Red FM's own Rob Heffernan is there and he's joining us live now from a studio in Oregon well hopefully anyway uh, Rob are you there buddy? I am Rory hey, good, good, is it more, it's morning here good evening good evening Cork this is like the Eurovision 
<laughs> the, good afternoon this is Rob Heffernan calling Rob you're at the World Champ- uh, the Championships uh, in Eugene in Oregon um, first off tell us uh, a big Irish team there what's the atmosphere like? It's brilliant uh, really good I've just come from breakfast there now with Andrew Coskrin Louise Shanahan um, the one of the chores from Donegal so the atmosphere is really good the really good buzz around the place it's brilliant championships so far as a whole and a huge huge experience being gained for the Irish athletes as well yeah and some good performances last night as well and uh, plenty of Irish involvement again today Rob yeah Andrew Coskrin's running today he's in a he's in a really really tough heat in the 1500 metres but, but, but in blue ribbon events like that globally it's always going to be really tough uh, Sarah Healy was probably a little bit disappointing last night I don't know, she I don't know, she just had a bad run. David Kenny, the Irish guy, was carrying a bit of a hip injury going into it, but it was a real baptism of fire for him as well because th- there's just no there's no hiding at these championships, Rory, you know, if you, if mm. anything at all is wrong with you mentally or physically, you're just gonna be shown up. Exactly, yeah. And uh for you, one of your athletes coached last night, bronze medal, that must have been an incredibly proud moment for you, Rob. Brilliant, like Kurt Percy Coulstrom from Sweden, he, he came to Cork to me after the Olympics, so by his own standards he had a really bad Olympic Games, he only finished ninth, and then um, we were in contact after the Olympics and he asked me to coach him, but he had a lot of injury problems last year and he was at such a high level, it was a massive risk for me to take him on, but, so, and I did, uh, and it's... He, Yesterday's performance out of him was incredible. Like, like he was dropped three or four times off the group, and he just never gave up. And did, he battled with a Kenyan at the end to come through and win the bronze medal, and it was a phenomenal performance. And I had another South African athlete then finished twelfth, which was his best performance ever. So, do you know to have them athletes, Rory, around my athletes in Ireland and in Cork, it only raises the bar, and his his mentality is incredible. Mm. And David Kenny was in the twenty k walk as well, wasn't he? He was. Dave was in the twenty k, and. Um, it was a disaster for him, you know, he was carrying a bit of an injury going into it and and I think just mentally when when you're under that much pressure, if there's anything at all wrong, you're going to crack. But the only positives out of it, like Dave is training with Percy and he trains with Wayne and they're on the same programme and he's probably better than Wayne. So he kind of knows where he should be. And mm. I think the pressure and the experience of him training with Percy um, on a daily basis as well is only going to... Next year, it's, it's only going to make him a better athlete. So he, he's bitterly disappointed. But it, look, it's, it's just part of, the, mm. it's part of the journey for him. What are the conditions like out there for the athletes, Rob? It, it was roasting yesterday. Like they had the, the Ben's 20k walk was on in the middle of the day and it was, it was 30 degrees. Um, it's a nice in the morning. It's, you know, it's crisp. It's probably not as humid at ho- as home. Um, probably nineteen twenty in the morning, which is lovely, and then during the day it gets really hot. Like, but it, but it's good, good for good conditions for athletics. Yeah, a couple of Cork athletes as well in action: Louise Shanahan of Lee Vale, Joan Healy, um, in action as well this week. So plenty for uh, for Cork people to keep their eye on this week, Rob. Yeah, it's it, it's Louise. I just had breakfast with Louise there, and she's in she's in she's in great form, and you know she's. She, she's really looking for, and she's going to be up against it as well because the standard is so so high, and the qualifying standards to get into these championships are, are phenomenal. But um, she she's after making a jump last year from the Olympics, so it would be great if she if she could get out of the first round. You know, do you feel like these championships Rob, have kind of gone under the radar a bit here in Ireland because there hasn't been much of a, a hyper build up to them? It, it is unfortunately, and. Um, we're one of the only countries and you know I know RT aren't covering them like you know so people can only get to watch the championships on YouTube or mm. watching them on BBC and I suppose in this day and age if it's not on television just people's lives are co- so quick 
it just goes under the radar and and it's such a brilliant competition Rory like like over here the buzz over here at the moment and just being around the village and the athletes it's a it's a shame that it's not on because when, when athletics is on the television it just has such a massive impact for the kids coming through yeah certainly so and you'll be keeping us up to date all week on Cork Trail FM breakfast Rob Kieran Laura back in the morning but you'll be I, in the middle of the night broadcasting I'll be broadcasting here I'll be logging in here at about half nine at night which will be <laughs> half five in the morning I'll be getting ready with the girls and uh, I'll be on live then from 11 at night here to one in the morning I think this is the so first I time I can't wait it'll be a bit of crack yeah the, it's definitely the first time the, the breakfast show has been uh, intercontinental I think definitely transatlantic. oh yeah Rory we're gone like <laughs> just a test wave always been you know we bring Cork to the world and that's <laughs> That's that's the way it's going to be. So everyone, all of the athletes over here will be dialing in for secret sound and stuff like. So it's going to be a bit of a different dynamic next week. Rob, a pleasure, buddy. I'll talk to you during the week. Thanks, Rory. I chat you bye 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 bye. bye. It's Rob there, Eugene in Oregon joining us live uh, from his own little studio for the week from Oregon so you can catch Rob on uh, breakfast on uh, Monday morning. He will be in Oregon. Uh, Kira and Laura will be here in studio and uh, yeah, transatlantic breakfast show from the west coast of America to Cork City and County. That will be the breakfast show on Monday morning. Uh, going to talk uh, Gaelic Games and heartbreak for the Cork under 16 uh, in the All-Ireland Final on uh, Wednesday they were beaten by Dublin 4-12-3-9 was how it finished in that Under-16A Ladies Football Championship Final uh, heroic stuff from the Rebels just coming up short uh, against uh, Dublin our man Joe McCarthy the hardest working person in the business was up in care and afterwards he spoke to Cork boss Dominic Gallagher I'm here with Dominic Gallagher, Cork Under-16 manager, following an extra time, 4-12 to 3-9 defeat in the All-Ireland Final. Dominic, first of all, before we talk about the game, how proud are you of the players, not just tonight, but throughout the whole season? Uh, super proud, Jared. They're, you know, they're, they're a fabulous bunch. You know, every, it's cliche, everything you ask them to do, they do it, whatever. But you know, they're very talented footballers. They've got a bright future. I just had a, had a, a chat with them there, a quick chat with them. You know, they're heartbroken. Um, but they're on a journey, you know, and like you know, some of them are 15 years of age, and they're just two of them 15 today. And it's, um, you know, they're on a journey, they have a bright future in football, and that's that's I suppose what we're doing. And you know, I told them coming up, look, that uh, regardless of the results, you know, what they've done this year has been super. But you know, we wanted the results, mm-hmm. and we chased hard for the results, and we didn't get the rub of the green. And you know, I suppose a few decisions we wouldn't be happy with, whatever. But look, that's that's part of football, and it's part of. Um, you know, your football education and it's, you know, at, at 15, 16 year, years of age, it's tough. But, you know, some, they're, they're going to bounce back. They're going to be better for us. And um, it was a pleasure working with them. You know, an absolute pleasure working with them. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm wrecked now. But I, I might go again. You never know. Um, no, I really appreciate you talking to me in the immediate aftermath. It's very all. Your management team, what they did for you this year. Yeah, the super. Like I mean, I suppose they we a lot of experience there on the line. You know, Conor Quinlan and Michelle Delay and Brian Boyle, who had been involved with the seniors with me and Leafy there for the last couple of years. You know, they, like they, they had so much energy and and you know, uh, they, like trainings have been superb and you know, they, like, the girls really look up to Martin Nagel as you know, like he's an outstanding you know selector there beside me. You know, like he, he's a, he's a rock for me and you know, like it's it, it's tough to do. There's a huge amount of work that goes into it. You know and um, 
you know, everyone who's been involved, you know, Sheila Walsh has been there all year as well. And, you know, like it, it's just a huge team effort goes in behind the scenes as well. And it's all for the girls. We do everything we can for the girls to develop them as footballers and give them a, a positive experience in football. And look, these girls definitely got a positive experience. It's ended, you know, on, on a tough night for them. But they'll bounce back. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they'll, you know, they'll learn from this. They, they'll be better for us in the, in the long run, I think, you know. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's hard at the minute. But, you know, super, super program, Joe. Yeah. yeah, and a super advert for the game at under-16 level. I know that doesn't mean anything to you right now, but it does show you that you can hang with the best and you're amongst the best in the country. Yeah, totally. And I, I thought we played some super football, particularly, you know, like in the, in the first hour, you know, like I suppose the first couple of minutes of, of extra time, Dublin got a couple of quick scores and I, we were then suddenly chasing the game. And it's like, you know, I still felt that we, we could get down and get goals. You know, Neva Sullivan was, was doing wreck up front, but you know, we weren't getting the support to Neva as quick as we could. You know, we, we struggled different times like that, but they're, you know, they're, I, I don't fault them in any way. Like, the girls are super, and it was a super game. They're like, that's a super Dublin team. Um, it's, it's no shame to be beaten by, by a team of that standard. You know, it was an, an outstanding advert, as you said, for, for ladies' football, and um, long may it continue, you know. Thanks for all your help from everybody at the big red bench, not just tonight, but throughout the year. It's been a pleasure following you, and we'll see you again soon. Yeah, I appreciate all the, all the, all the support that you give to, to us, and you know, the, you, you give the girls great coverage, and it's, um, yeah, yeah we, you know, we just have to pick ourselves up and go again. But you know, these girls now head into club championships, whatever, and that's, that's hugely important for them. And um, yeah, get back to the clubs, go better with your clubs, lift the standard in, in, in the club scene, and uh, go again for the, for the next intercounty team, you know. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ger. That's uh, Dominic Gallagher there speaking to Ger after the uh, extra time defeat to Dublin in care in the All Ireland final uh, during the week. Heroic stuff from uh, the Cork ladies, but just coming up short in extra time as uh, Dublin found that extra gear. And as Dominic mentioned, great coverage provided by Ger on all things uh, ladies sports. Every week on the uh, Women in Sport podcast, you can get that on redfm.ie or you can just download the Big Red Bench podcast uh, from wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, Jura is uh, live with the Women in Sport podcast every Thursday um, with all the best uh, in sports. So you can get that uh, on redfm.ie, as I mentioned. Uh, McElroy and Hovland have uh, both powered the uh, next holes as well. They've both powered 12. So they're still on 15 under par and they still remain uh, too clear of Cameron Young and uh, Cameron Smith. And uh, McElroy seems to be focused, he seems to be lasered in on this Open Championship, the 150th Open Championship. And it's, of course, being held at the Home of Golf in St Andrews. And so be. It's got to be a cracking Sunday. Cannot wait uh, for tomorrow. I'm uh, just going to go back uh, to that uh, Cork City game and uh, the nil-all draw with Galway United last night in front of nearly six and a half thousand people. Incredible crowd for a first uh, division game. It has to be a, a record in the first division. It absolutely has to be. Uh, but uh, we're going to hear now from a uh, city skipper, Keen Coleman, who's in conversation with Colm. All right, Keen, uh, share the spoils tonight. Nil-all draw. It's very hard to separate these two teams all season, isn't it? Very hard, yeah. Uh, we're a bit disappointed, obviously, because look, we're the home team. We want to win the game, and look what the, the turnout we got it was unreal. You know, we're we're good that we didn't get the three points. Like, but look, the point gained. But look, we with te- them going up to ten men, we probably we feel like we should have won the game. Like, but we didn't create enough, and we weren't good enough in the end. Like, really. Obviously a little bit disappointing but I mean if you look at it it's still top of the league still have a game in hand still in a very good position Definitely yeah look it's in our own hands um, like I said you can say that like, but then when you see they get up to 10 men you'll be kicking ourselves if we don't win the game Like, but look 
Look, we'll move on from this. Like we're still still in our hands. Like saw, so, look, it's up to us now to to go and win the league. You mentioned the turnout. The crowd was unbelievable tonight. Six thousand three hundred and ninety-three. It's the biggest crowd here in Turners Cross in about four or five years. Uh, the fans have been behind you all season. There's been big crowds, but I mean that's a different level tonight, isn't it? Unbelievable. Like even when, before we came up for the warm-up, we could hear them. Like and obviously you see all week that there's a big build-up for the game. Like but look at to get that turnout for the first division game. Like this is why we're we're a massive club. Like so look. We we'll keep getting them crowds if we keep playing well and keep winning games. Like, but look, we wanna we wanna get to the Premier Division. Then them crowds will come every week. Like, so it's up to us to bring them in the gate. So, look, they're unreal. We can't say anymore, but we know we're good they are home and away. So, brilliant. I mean, that is the aim to get back to the Premier Division next season. Still top of the league. Still, still, as we said, in a great position for it. Like, I mean, it's just so neck and neck, isn't it? I mean, another season in the First Division, you probably thinking Cork City be running away with the league, but there, there's two teams of very good quality there, isn't there? And Waterford are still kind of there and thereabouts as well. They're only about eight or nine points behind. Definitely, yeah, look, there's a good few good games to go. Like, but look, we believe in ourselves that we're good enough to go and win it. Like, but look, it's just we're just not that happy because we didn't win the game with them going to ten men last night. It was a good opportunity for us. Sorry tonight, good opportunity for us to, to win tonight. Like, but look, it's still in our hands. We still believe in ourselves that we'll go and win it. I said this Kipper King Coleman started the game in midfield last night dropped back to centre half with the injury to, to Ali Gilchrist um, big debate where, where King Coleman's best position is is it the middle of the park or is it uh, at centre half but he's equally uh, good in, uh, at both in my eyes and you can hear uh, Keane disappointed but as he said plenty of football yet to come this season um, so yes nothing has been uh, won or lost yet but it's going to be a gripping end to uh, this uh, league campaign uh, right going to hear now from uh, Dylan McGlade back from injury uh, came on in the uh, first half last night just to, just before half time actually about 43 minutes on the clock he came on and uh, this is uh, my conversation with Dylan McGlade obviously playing against 10 men I think he got sent off 20 minutes into the first half the quality that we have in the squad we should really be winning that game but look it was one of them games we, we tried we kind of huffed and puffed a little bit um, the intensity maybe we didn't push as hard as we should have but I mean we put a lot of cross into the box we had a couple of chances that we probably should have scored from we definitely pushed and tried but I just think it was one of them days the ball just wouldn't go in the net got away very well organised that very deep yeah look John is very good at that I mean they sat back into their banks they were very hard to break down they really closed the space in the centre of the pitch um, and that probably showed from all the cross we put in the box that they just try and kind of stayed narrow made us go out wide and made us put the ball in the box but look any time a team goes down to 10 men you expect to win the game sometimes it can be tougher but I think like I said the amount of quality we have in the team we probably should be winning that game for yourself Dylan come back at Turner's Cross as well must have been very very special yeah look I'm absolutely buzzing it's been longer than I expected to be out I had another few niggles here and there in my return but look I'm just absolutely buzzing to get back out in front of the fans at Turner's Cross we had a great crowd there today we hope that they'll keep coming out and supporting us for the season we're still top of the league look it feels like a loss but we're still top of the league we still have a game in hand um, we, we still have only lost one game this season so look we just have to keep going keep pushing there's 11 games left and we have to make sure that we win every single one because it doesn't look like oh, we're going to slip up Yeah, just a word on the crowd 6,393 people here tonight that's ridiculous yeah absolutely ridiculous there has to be some sort of record in the first division is, yeah. for a league yeah. game Um like I've said before in interviews, what can you say for the fans? Like they're absolutely amazing. They travel all over the country in, in numbers, followers. Obviously, they pack out here every week. People don't want to come here and play against us because of the fans, because of the crowds. 
because of the atmosphere that they create so it's absolutely amazing and it's amazing for the players and stuff like that we just hope that we can keep entertaining them and performing and look hopefully take us to the league you're a point ahead you're a game in hand it's going to be a very very tight running oh yeah it's going to be absolutely it looks like he's going to go down to the wire like I said Galway don't look like they're going to slip up um, we just have to keep our standards high we have to just keep going as we've been going for the last three quarters of the season like I said we've only lost one game we've not really dropped a lot of points we just have to keep performing keep grinding out the wins and I think we will we've improved the squad Barry's come back Louis come in from Waterford we have talent and really good players across the whole squad so yeah I think that we'll be okay I think we'll be alright like I said it feels like a loss now because we feel like we should have won the game but we're still in the same position we're still first we're still leading the pack so we just have to keep going with that yeah, still McLeod in conversation with me after uh, last night's nil all draw with uh, Galway United but uh yeah, certainly uh, going to be a very close uh, running for the rest of the season. Uh, Cameron Young has birdied uh, to move to within uh, a shot now of the leaders, Victor Hovland and Rory McIlroy. It's very close at the top at the leaderboard of the Open Championship. It's going to be uh, a thrilling into this third round, let alone what's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to be gripping stuff. We'll have to keep your eyes off that. But uh, Aiden is in the hot seat on the big red bench tomorrow, and he'll have all reaction uh, from, hopefully... Uh, Another major for Rory McIlroy. He's also going to have a reaction from the All-Ireland Hurling Finals. Tomorrow's going to have analysis from the legend that is uh, Courtman, uh, Cork legend, Shawnee McGrath. So that'll be on the big red bench tomorrow from 6pm. So be sure and tune back in for that. Uh, so a busy show on the way tomorrow on the bench with Aidan Leahy. But that is pretty much it from us uh, for this evening. Thank you very much indeed uh, for tuning in to us on the big red bench tonight. Our podcast is going to be online uh, shortly redfm.ie or search for Big Red Bench from wherever you download your podcasts and you'll find us there if you missed the show we spoke to Tom from uh, Three Red Kings uh, we heard from uh, Peter Manny uh, Johnny Sexton and Andy Farrell uh, we also heard from uh, Colin Healy and John Caulfield after uh, last night's nil all draw but yeah it's worth uh, checking out the analysis from uh, Tom Savage from Three Red Kings uh, one of the best analysts in the game and it was great to talk to him and break down the historic win for Ireland against the All Blacks in New Zealand today and of course great to talk uh, to our own Rob Heffernan world champion himself over at the World Athletics Championships in Oregon and uh, he'll be uh, live uh, from the west coast of America uh, on breakfast all week long so tune back in for that uh, on Monday morning from 6 breakfast Rob, Kira, and Laura but that is it from the Big Red Bench team tonight Stevie's up next with the block party three hours of the best music coming your way right here on Cork Red FM. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday night, folks. Enjoy the sunshine tomorrow, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.